Hey, what's up, crazy world? Coming at you with episode six. Today, I want to talk about deconstruction. But first, just to kind of go back over the week. Um, it's been a pretty busy week. A lot of things going on at home. Um, work has been very hectic. So uh, it's been a pretty busy week, and uh, it's moved fairly fast, even with the holiday. Maybe that's why. Um, either way, 4th of July was cool, uh, didn't really do much, uh, a little bit of work in the morning, and then the rest of the day I just kind of wasted time, so that was cool, um, and then Saturday I went to, I went to a barbecue and stuff, hung out with some friends, so it was a pretty good week overall, um, good news and bad news on all kinds of things, so pretty balanced week, um, so yeah, uh, I guess top of the list is some Kickstarter campaigns that have been going on. Um, Dynamo is on that I've been talking about. They got eight days left. Uh, they're not even quite halfway on funding. So I do feel like this particular campaign is not going to, uh, be funded, but I still think it's a really cool project. So, you know, go ahead, check it out. That's Dynamo Azan, D-Y-N-A-M-O-A-Z-A-A-N. It's on Kickstarter, and it has eight days left. So check it out. Really cool character designs, really cool colors. Um, overall, I think it's a great package, and I hope it does get the funding it needs. Um, after that is Rise of the Goatman, and that has 16 days left to go. They're at 2,400 out of, uh, like, 3,900. So, not too bad. Uh, what's that, like, 1,500 or something? So, uh, getting pretty close on that. And like I said, 16 days left. So, go check that out. They have a really cool video trailer. And um, I think that's going to be a cool, like, cabin in the woods kind of story. So, that one looks cool. And then... Uh, there's a guy that I've been listening to his podcast, How to Make Comics, for quite some time. Um, but he's working on a new one. Uh, basically, like, the second part of the first issue of Beastlands. So, check that out. Um, that one is at 4286 out of 7,000. But it has 18 days to go. And um, I really like this guy's style. I've been listening to his podcast. So, um, I... I know that he knows how to write and, um, you know, he has a great artist that he's working with. So check that out. That's called Beastlands. Kind of reminds me of like an action adventure, kind of like, uh, the Dragon Prince is probably the closest thing I could imagine it being relatable to, but it, it looks really cool. So I definitely want to check that out. So go check him out on Kickstarter. Um, Wednesday, July 3rd couple of new books came out. There was a number one from uh, Mark Millar or Mark Miller called uh, Space Bandits. And um, that was a really cool book. Uh, very like 80s stylized action adventure about um, criminals, you know, in space in the future or whatever. So that was a cool book. Um, really good setup. A uh, ton like, the whole book is just, uh, you know, uh, Miller tropes, you know, so, 
Uh, that was cool, but nothing too surprising there. And then also Sea of Stars number one came out, and that's a Jason Aaron book. And it's kind of like a sci-fi epic, uh, maybe even like a sci-fi epic horror, you know? Um, really interesting. The first book is a lot of setup, but it does like ask some, you know, it sets up some interesting things. And so uh, I am excited to continue that one, but the first one didn't necessarily blow me away. So we'll see where that one goes. But Thumbs number two came out this week, and it was awesome. Um, it, it's Sean Lewis and Hayden Sherman, and, and this is truly a team book. Like, the writing and the artwork do so much storytelling together um, that it's just, it's really good. I think I've talked about this, the, the first book, um, before, but basically if you've, if you've read or seen Ready Player One, you're kind of getting some similar concepts, except for in a more like grounded, gritty, dirtier world. And, um, so you know, everybody lives in this world of VR. Uh, they live in basically like slums and trailer houses and stuff. And um, the this tech billionaire, he's given away all of this like VR and technology for free. And basically he raised all these kids to be addicted to his technology and his video games and stuff. And so he uses this army of followers that he now has to try to overthrow the government. And so book number two was just like, um, a great expansion on that story from what we saw in the first one. Um, the artwork is amazing. It brings so much like tone and, um, you know, depth. Uh, I really like a lot of the panel layouts, the way that they lay out, lay out the panels really gives you a sense of the setting and the, the tone and kind of how it flows, you know, um, specifically in the middle of book two, there's like this big section where we go to the power and that's where the main character's sister's at. And that scene, it's in a, a like a sepia tone, almost a black and white, you know, with like gold and copper colors to it. So, um, and then there you kind of learn like what she's doing and what's going on with her part of the story. But it's really cool how the panel layouts change, the, um, the lettering changes, the color scheme changes, like, everything changes and it just makes you feel like you're in a whole different place. You know, it, it really gives a good contrast to what thumbs is going through right now. And, um, there's even a, a page in there that's just like, Oh, it's gorgeous. He, uh, he has a motorcycle and he's walking through these slums and just like the only light is from the headlight of this motorcycle that he's walking along with, you know, um, you get the pink letters going across chuk 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 chuk. Uh, to make the engine sounds and the way that that's laid out looks really great. I love the way that the motorcycle light is kind of illuminating everything. I mean, I, I would love to have it as a poster. I'd, I'd frame it. It's a really cool page and it just has so much like character and tone for a single piece of art. So um, yeah, that just really blew me away. It was a really good book. I loved it. Um, the writing in this one, uh, the first issue, there's a lot going on and it's it's a really unique exposition dump, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, so it was really cool, but it's like super fast paced, very frantic, a lot of things happening and a lot to get into one issue. Issue two, 
slows down the the the, the dialogue the the story it all kind of like slows down and just takes its time and starts building and building and building and so it's really cool it's the style of writing that i like you know a very like slow but deliberate delivery you know so um yeah i really like how number two turned out can't wait to read number three in august but yeah thumbs number two i would definitely jump on if anybody was questioning whether that was a good book or not so probably the uh coolest most unique thing that came out of this week um or, or at least the most surprising i had no idea this was even like a thing and uh i got a link from a friend on instagram and so then i kind of like followed this um adi shankar that dropped that did uh the castlevania on netflix I have not watched, but I've heard mixed reviews on that. Um, but he dropped a, uh, what he called a fan trailer um, for his version of a Pokemon animated movie. Um, the name given is The End of Pokemon, and it is a crazy, awesome, dark, gritty, uh, you know, left field turn for Pokemon. Well, I don't know if I would say left field. There is a lot of, like, fan fiction and stuff that gets into the darker realms. Um, there's a lot of, like, fan-made stuff that gets into the darker aspects of Pokemon. But this trailer is pretty amazing. So, um, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. You can find uh, 80, 80 Shankar's, uh, what's it called, Bootleg Universe Channel. And on there, he uh, has that trailer, the full one. It's about five and a half minutes, like five minutes and 28 seconds or something. Um, and it gives away pretty much the whole movie, you know. Um, that's why I say it's more like a short film than a trailer. But uh, at the right at the end of the um, right at the end of the the trailer, there you do see. A pretty good cliffhanger that would you know basically be like the end of act two or would set up a uh you know another movie a second movie in the the series but um either way that could be incredibly effective storytelling the whole thing is awesome uh if you're a fan of like obviously the castlevania on netflix um john wick the purge fight club v for vendetta mr robot um, just like hyper, hyper violent action films or like anarchy films. This is definitely something you should see. Um, some of the anime, it's got like that anime-esque style. Reminds me a lot of the stuff from the Animatrix. Or, uh, I could even like some like keep cowboy bebop influences. Um, but it's a really cool trailer. You get to see Brock, uh, you know, he, he's kind of a scrapper, a brawler, so... You get to see that happen. There's some good moments with Misty. Um, you get to see Giovanni. So that kind of, uh, you know, from here on, I'm going to be kind of framing my conversation about that particular trailer. So if you haven't seen it, you should probably go watch it. But the point is, what we're getting into today is um, deconstruction. So... To take a, a, a look at deconstruction, it's basically 
deconstructions whenever certain elements or um, sometimes you see whole pieces that are a deconstructive piece of say a genre or um, you know a type of movie or you know something like that uh, versus sometimes you'll see like TV shows or movies some of their plot lines and stuff get a little deconstructive and what they're doing is they're taking the elements of something, they're they're breaking something down to its, you know, its tropes and its characteristics, and then examining how those would actually, uh, you know, manifest in real life and what that would be like. Um, one of the most popular examples I can think of is Watchmen, uh, which is basically a deconstruction of, like, the vigilante and superhero genre. So, um... Yeah, this this trailer, this short film, as I kind of see it, is uh, you know very much deconstructionist. There, it's definitely breaking, taking taking the elements that make Pokemon what it is, and kind of re reexamining them through real life, um, through a, the lens of reality. So, basically, the um, the premise in, in this movie is. Uh, Ash Ketchum's Pikachu is dead, and so this is kind of giving him a new mission. His mission is to free all the Pokemon from their captors. Their captors. That was a weird way to say that. Anyway, um, so basically, he, he's viewing trainers and uh, the act of catching a Pokemon. That's, you know, that's a negative thing. They, they aren't creatures to be captured. We're, we're basically using them as slaves and slave work. So this short film kind of examines that through the lens of reality um, and kind of frames it more as like dogfighting or uh, cockfighting with roosters, you know. So I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, it, it's kind of obvious in a lot of ways, but it's really cool that they actually took the time to examine this. And so what you have is Ash is like almost creating like this uh, V for Vendetta, um, Mr. Robot, Fight Club kind of thing where Ash is an anarchist. He's trying to free all the Pokemon by taking out their their captors. captors. And um, he has these followers that uh, they kind of remind me of the opening scenes of The Dark Knight whenever uh, Batman's fighting the uh, dogs and everything, and uh, he tells the guy, you know, I'm not wearing hockey pants, you, you basically end up with a lot of other ashes that are following his cause because, you know, it's the cool, trendy thing at the moment, but they don't really understand what it all means and what he's really about. And so they're kind of making his movement look bad in a lot of ways. Um, they go and they basically beat up Brock and... Um, I guess something bad happens from that because he ends up in prison at some point. So that's really interesting because whenever you hear Brock talking at that point, what he's talking about is how these people don't understand why he's doing this and what it really means. And so they're, they're doing the wrong things, you know? Um, and then you also have some scenes in there with Misty where Ash is talking about, uh, you know, how the gyms, they, they basically sanction the violence, you know, Pokemon shouldn't be fighting each other and this and that, and, uh, especially to the death like this. And his argument is destroy the gyms because they're sanctioning the violence. But Misty's counterpoint to that is that 
yeah, they're sanctioning the violence, but that also prevents it from being too bad. Because if there were no gyms, people would just find alleys to battle each other. And there would be no rules, anything would go, and, you know, there would be a lot more dead Pokemon. So, um, Misty provides kind of that real-world counterbalance point, you know? Like, uh, mm, you know, like in, uh, I believe it's Norway? Don't quote me on this, but there is a, a country somewhere in Europe, I know, they have basically legalized heroin. And you have to go to a facility to do it. And you get so many doses or whatever per day. And, and uh, you know, you what they found is they have less just all-out junkies. Yeah, these people are still using heroin, but they're also, like, holding jobs and earning money and having an income and everything else, you know. So, that to me, that's kind of what Misty's getting at is that, like, it's always going to be bad, but the gym system makes it as least bad as possible. So I feel like that's a very, like, real-world filter for um, what's going on here. Like, uh, you see in Fight Club, that kind of deconstructs the anarchy because you get uh, the scene where they shoot Robert Paulson in the head. And that's, you know, that's just a real-world filter. Like, we love, I think, a lot of people, myself included, just love this idea of anarchy, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, like you have to realize that there's real world consequences to that as well. So you see that in fight club. Um, you know, I, I fell off on, uh, Mr. Robot, but I know there's a lot of stuff in there that's very deconstructive to like the anarchy trope. So, you know, this is something that's being explored through the lens of Pokemon versus, you know, fight clubs, uh, and Mr. Robot both, I think, go after the credit credit bureaus. They want to reset everybody's credit back to zero. Well, Ash wants to free all the Pokemon. So this is his movement to make this happen. So I, um, you know, I thought that was a, a really cool aspect to it is looking at the gym system is, is it good? Is it evil? We don't know. And we kind of have to understand their place in the world. Um, you know, you also get to see the Pokemon battling. And that's really cool. That's deconstructive in the sense that they look at, you know, um, attacks that are used, you know. Uh, there's a scene where he's using probably like Leech Life or something. And you see them actually go into Ninetales and the vines like go up to his brain and stuff. Um, there's scenes where Pokemon eat other Pokemon. There's a scene where um, one of the Pokemon, uh, a Magikarp, evolves into Gyarados inside of Ekings, I'm assuming. And uh, you see him just get, like, ripped to pieces. So, yeah, a lot of violence in there, but also, like, a lot of real-world consequences of how this stuff would play out and how it could work out, you know? So, um, you definitely don't want to see the battles. I mean, this stuff gets totally crazy at some points. Um, and then... Uh, there's also another part where you see, uh, Giovanni, okay? And this is kind of tropey in the sense that in Pokemon, you never really, especially the show itself, it never really, um, you know, a approached Giovanni. Like, he was kind of this, almost like Bosley in, Char in, uh, Charlie's Angels or something, you know, like, or actually, I guess Charlie was the one that was invisible, but either way. 
um, the point still stands, you know, like Giovanni, you never fight him. Like in the, in the show, especially you have team rocket, Jesse and James, they come down and they, um, try to kidnap the Pokemon, the Pikachu, but it never works out for them. And if Giovanni's really like this businessman, this, you know, he's a, he's a mob, a mob boss. Like he's a, a crime Lord. And so, for him to keep sending these idiots to attack the uh, Ash and Misty and Brock and try to take Pikachu and they keep failing over and over again, that's not how that would work in real life. He, w he wouldn't be able to pay these people to do nothing, you know? So as a real kingpin, you probably would see him eventually get his hands dirty and say, you know what? It's time for me to take this into my own hands. And um, even in the, the trailer, he says, uh, I'm a businessman. If I cannot earn money from the spectacle, then I will get satisfaction from the violence. And that's exactly how I imagine a mobster thinking, you know, like I need to either make my money or I need to have my entertainment, but I can't be spending money and, you know, losing out on the other end of this. So, um, that, that's kind of the imagine, that's kind of the things I imagine in the real world versus Pokemon where, you never actually see Giovanni take things into his own hands. So, um, at the end of the trailer, there's, um, this is kind of the biggest spoiler, I guess, if you haven't watched it, so probably go watch it. But at the end of the trailer, they do break out Mewtwo. Even uh, Brock is alluding to the idea, you know, what happens when they let the wrong Pokemon out, you know? And so then you see them break Mewtwo out. And Mewtwo describes humanity as a cancer that needs to be removed. So, yeah. I mean, we have a villain here and a Pokemon that just wants to kill all the humans and get rid of them. Because, you know, it's their ways that have led to all the violence or whatever else. So I thought that was really interesting because that, you know, kind of just looks at... Um, you know, the idea that, like, if we ha if if Pokemon were real and we could take their cells and mix them with our cells and other cells and this and that and all these things were possible, what would Mewtwo really be like? You know, he's basically supposed to be a lab-grown perfect specimen, you know? So um, for him to come out and just be anti-human, um, I think that you know, totally makes sense, and that's kind of a real-world perspective on it, is that, you know, Mewtwo probably would not be too happy with what humans do, and how they do it, and how they treat Pokemon, and this and that, so I thought that was another deconstructive element that came out right there at the end, um, and then you get that final tagline there, and so I thought that was uh, a really cool way to end the, the movie, the trailer movie thing, but, um, you know, it's really cool. It's just a, a strong deconstructive piece that's looking at different tropes and elements of, uh, you know, Pokemon. And, uh, you know, it's kind of looking at them through the lens of real life and how they could actually play out. So there's a lot of in really interesting things going on there. Um, and I guess, you know, what I really wanted to point out here, too, is how many deconstructive things there are because i saw a lot of comments here and there on the videos and oh why does everything have to be dark and gritty and you know why why is everything like this why can't we just get some kind of happy pokemon thing why do they have to do this to everything make it dark and gritty blah blah, blah. 
it's, I mean, it's a, a, I guess in a way a tropiness, but it's the way we look at the world today, you know, um, in the late eighties, early nineties, there was a lot of, uh, comic books, especially were going very deconstructive. And I think the reason is because we were unhappy with the world we were living in at the moment. It all seemed kind of, I don't know, I guess, you know, like they described the nineties, very apathetic. And so that's kind of how we were looking at things was like, let's break this down and figure out why it is the way it is or how it would actually be. Um, and so I think you see that again today in a lot of ways. I think we've become so numb to the world that we live in that um, we're, and a lot of people that are working in the creative sphere these days, you know, like currently the hot items, they're, you know, early millennials. And so a lot of them grew up on deconstructive material from the 80s and 90s. And so I think you're just seeing that cycle continue, you know, and another 10 years, we probably won't have as much dark, gritty stuff going on, but who knows? I mean, it's just a trend. So, um, one thing I wanted to point out though, like there's a ton of great books, movies, comic books, TV shows, whatever that have deconstructive stuff to it. So here's a, a lot of, uh, classic examples here. So, uh, I think I mentioned Watchmen and uh, Miracle Man as well, both uh, classic deconstructive uh, comic book runs. Um, and then you also have uh, The Dark Knight Returns and Kick-Ass, which both kind of, you know, break down the superhero genre from the point of like vigilanteism. Um, and movies, The Incredibles is basically a superhero deconstruction, you know, especially the collateral damage, the laws, you know, you can say the same thing about, uh, Man of Steel and, uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman and Captain America Civil War, all, uh, you know, deconstructive in their own ways. Um, The Last Action Hero, Citizen Kane... Uh, Terminator 2 actually breaks, deconstructs the hero, the kid hero, and the mama bear tropes. And Coco, Coco attacks, um, you know, the, the matriarchy, I guess. Uh, the, the most, the, the grandma is like the most powerful, you know. Um, so yeah, Coco attacks that through Mama Imelda. And then you also have Cloverfield, uh, that's, a a deconstruction of like the kaiju monster genre and the social network actually um in a lot of ways is a deconstruction of the uh gifted genius trope i guess you know um it, it actually shows like how bad how crappy of a person he really truly was you know to get where he got so um yeah i mean that's really cool stuff there uh the Great Gatsby is a deconstruction of the American dream. Animorphs was a book series that actually deconstructed a lot of different tropes, apparently. Um, a, a Song of Fire and Ice, the source material for Game of Thrones, um, that's a does a lot of deconstructions of like fantasy and hero uh, tropes. Let's see. You have uh, episodes of Community. And the finale of How I Met Your Mother is a deconstruction of the um, How I Met Your Mother sitcom genre, you know. Uh, Mr. Robot, you know, that's an anarchy deconstruction. 
And in video games, you have Spec Ops The Line was like one of the coolest games I've ever played. And I feel like nobody else played it. I, I don't know anybody that ever played it. But it, one of the cool, it deconstructs the shooter genre. And um, like the video game uh, choice system, you know, kind of that whole like fable thing, you know, where like you can make choices and it influences what happens. It deconstructs that in the sense like you can make choices, but then you find out you're, you're um, I don't know, it's kind of ruining the game and it's hard to explain, but your decisions are always subverted based on your decisions, if that makes any kind of sense. It's an amazing game. Everybody should play it. It does a lot of really cool things. And then interestingly, Pokemon Black and White and also Pokemon Sun and Moon, um, those are games that deconstruct the... Uh, the trainer tropes and the Pokemon battle tropes. So I thought that was really cool. You know, people people were kind of blown away by this uh, Pokemon trailer, but at the same time, they're already doing it in the games. They're already, you know, deconstructing that within itself. So all really cool stuff. Personally, I really like deconstruction and the dark gritty nature of things. I think it's because of my age and the generation I grew up in. We grew up on Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. And, um, you know, there was a Batman, the animated series. They deconstruct a lot in there. I feel like Harley Quinn in a lot of ways is a deconstruction of like the damsel in distress character, you know, and reconstructed into, um, not even a hero, but a villain, you know? So it's just like, all kinds of stuff like that. I think it was very popular. Um, the people creating at the time that I was a kid, I feel like we're really into deconstruction. And therefore, as I've gotten to that point where my generation is becoming the creators, we also kind of recycle that back into our material. So, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. I really like it. I know a lot of people get tired of all the dark and gritty stuff or they get tired of deconstruction, but at the end of the day, for me, it does a great job, and I really like what it is. So, the other thing I want to remind everybody about is, uh, one, find me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, wherever else you can find me, Podbean. The, uh, the podcast is on iTunes and Google Play now, and um, I'm still working on putting together some stories looking for writers and artists that are interested in doing an anthology piece. Um, right now I'm looking about eight pages. If I could get six stories in eight page uh, story formats, I think that would be awesome. I would like to get it out there, get it worked on, and hopefully, you know, build. I don't know if it'll be like a direct self-publish or build a Kickstarter campaign and try to get interest and in, some of the product paid for through that method so still working on a lot of ideas um if anybody knows any writers or artists that would be interested in doing things like um you know writing drawing uh covers planning anything like that you know um i'm interested in talking to anybody that knows anything about putting together something like that so that's what i'm working on right now reach out to me, talk to me on social media, and I'll be back next week with another hopefully interesting topic.